welcome to a bonus episode of Nutrition Pearls, the podcast from Naskin's Council for Pediatric Nutrition Professionals, or CPNP. I am your co-host, Bailey Koch, pediatric GI dietitian at GI Care for Kids in Atlanta Pediatric Nutrition in Atlanta, Georgia. Joining me today is my co-host, Jen Smith from Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. How are you doing today, Jen? Hi, Bailey. I'm doing great uh, because... The show today is going to be super fun. We are doing a bonus episode, which we haven't done before. We're doing this episode as a compliment to our SCD episode that we had with our guest, Kim Brawley. Yes, we are interviewing a dietitian that I have known for quite some time. She was actually a patient of mine after being diagnosed with Crohn's disease in high school and deciding to treat her Crohn's through the SCD. Then she went to college and majored in nutrition and spent a whole summer with me before her senior year and then went to her internship at Ohio State and spent two months with me in her elective rotation and now is a registered dietitian working with me in outpatient GI, GI Care for Kids, as well as working at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. We're going to spend a little time with Natalie today, allowing her to discuss her personal experience with SCD and offer tips for success to our listeners. We're so thankful she has agreed to come on as a guest and discuss openly her personal journey and hope her tips will help our providers when discussing diet therapies with their own patients. Yeah, this is so fun. So she has such a connection with you. I mean, connection upon connection upon connection. And then she has this little bitty tiny connection with me and that she did her internship at Ohio State. So that's really cool. I'm so excited to get into the show. Yay. All right. On to the show. On to the show. Natalie, it's so great to have you with us. I know our listeners and myself in general, so excited to hear your personal experience with a specific carbohydrate diet. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and then how you made the decision to start the specific carbohydrate diet? Absolutely. Thank you all so much for having me. I'm really excited to be with you guys today. So I have been on the specific carbohydrate diet for almost 12 years now. So it's been a pretty lengthy journey. Um, But I initially started the SCD diet when I was in high school. I was diagnosed at around 14. And so I'd done all of the traditional things, the medications, and it just eventually stopped working. And so at this point, there wasn't a lot of research. This was before the produce study, before there was a lot of concrete, you know, evidence-based research saying that the SCD worked. When I came to my dietitian at the time, who was actually Bailey, and I said, you know, is this something you've heard of? I also asked my GI doctor and they were both kind of like, we've heard of it, that a lot that we can tell you in terms of firm evidence, but it's a healthful diet. It's something we've heard that can work. And so I was really, really strict about it. And since then, I've had a lot of success with maintaining remission just on the diet. And Natalie, I mean, I would assume since you ultimately became a dietitian, you had a nutrition focus or nutrition was a priority in your life, in your youth. So did you have kind of that relationship with food before starting SCD? Like, was that a priority in your life? For me, nutrition and food didn't become a priority until I was in college. So it wasn't like a lifelong thing. I knew I was going to become a dietitian. But I'm, I'm curious to know if that was your journey or, or what was your journey with, with food and nutrition? 
I was not really conscious of food and nutrition prior to starting SCD. Okay. I mean, I was, I wouldn't say I was super unhealthy, but it was sure. a very, you know, regular American diet. I was eating pizza with friends. I wasn't, you know, looking at nutrition labels. I was mm-hmm. just kind of following along doing the typical American diet. So it was definitely around the time that I started the SCD diet, my junior year of high school. Yeah. So prior to that, I really had no intention of going into the nutrition field or anything. But seeing those results, I immediately knew, oh my gosh, this is something that I'm so passionate about. So we met initially for the SCD education and whatnot. So how did you navigate starting the diet and then transitioning from, you know, high school to college to an internship to now working? <laughs> how did you navigate through those different phases? It was a challenge. I'll admit it definitely took dedication and just knowing, you know, this is my management. Like this is how I stay well and making it a priority. College was definitely a challenge. I will say it was a lot easier. My GI doctor was able to write for accommodations for school. So I was not on a meal plan, but I wasn't on a meal plan. And I lived in our, it was actually the athletic housing. So it was an apartment style dorm. I had my own room, my own bathroom. I had a kitchenette. So that made things a lot easier rather than being in like a whole style bathroom with a microwave and a mini fridge. That's just yeah. Did you being advocate on SCD, those not reasonable. things for yourself when you were so young? Did your family advocate for you? Like someone, you know, if, if a, a dietitian's listening in and they're kind of giving advice to like a young adult who may be transitioning. So what helped you kind of advocate for those things? Absolutely. I've got to really hand it to my medical team and my mom. I mean, she is really advocated for me all along. But also my doctor really made it a point to say, you know, you're 16 when we're starting this. Like you're going to have to do this for yourself. We can't do this for you. So learning the things that I needed to do, being able to tell people, you know, this is what I need. This is how I need it. I mean, even uh, at that restaurant, (laughs) I feel like you would have to have a lot of skills that you might not have as a young adult to just be forward with someone to say this is really important for my needs. Absolutely. And it's still something that I do struggle with a little, but just, you know, having to send food back or saying, you know, this isn't exactly what I need, but you do get to the point where you have to do it. And so it becomes a lot easier when it's a necessity rather than just an opinion. So you, you actually requested not to be on the college meal plan. And then did you also have to request a dorm that was apartment style versus just being assigned and you kind of either got that or you got the option that you didn't have a kitchen? Yes. So uh, that was kind of included in my overarching accommodation plan that my GI doctor set in place for me. So saying, you know, she needs access to a bathroom, she needs a kitchen, she needs these things. So it did kind of, I think it fell under the like ADA accommodations. Okay. So I did have to ask. Having those, was that a a big part of your success in doing SCD through college? I really do think so because it gave me the resources and the ability to be able to cook in my room, to be able to have a bathroom if I wasn't feeling well. I didn't have to be nervous about like running down the hall. Sure. And I also, you know, I had, I really had just a hot plate, a microwave, 
a toaster oven and a crock pot, but with those, so it wasn't a full kitchen. Yeah. But with those things, I had enough where it wasn't, I wasn't just relying on like a microwave to heat things up. So Natalie, what are some of your go-to meals and snacks um, on SCD? I would say in terms of eating out, some of my go-to meals, if we're traveling or on the road, I typically look for a Chipotle just because their ingredients are really minimal and they're really great about accommodating your needs. It's so customizable. So that's typically kind of my go-to if I'm out and about road trip, something like that. And they're everywhere. or They are. Yeah. They're so easy to find, which is, I mean, if you're on a major highway, there's going to be a Chipotle. Maybe it's, you know, an hour out, but typically I'll just pack snacks and wait until I can get somewhere where I know they're going to be able to accommodate my needs. In terms of day-to-day at home, I pack all of my meals and snacks for work just to make sure that I'm not having to rely on, is the cafeteria going to have something that I can eat today? Mm-hmm. So it does require some pre-planning, but go-tos, I would say, usually for breakfast, I'll have either like eggs and then I make bread once a week, I feel so like domestic, making my <laughs> bread and jam every week. My fiance thinks it's so funny. That was actually going to be one of my questions. Were you making your own bread and baking at this point for yourself? Yes. yes. And that was something I would say that started a little bit later in my journey, just because when I initially started the SCD, I mean, it was so long, over a decade ago at this point, there just weren't the resources that there are now. Did your mom make baked good for you? Good for you? She tried. Okay. She was so great about trying to do her best. But I mean, the recipes at that point just weren't there. Like I remember she the first year I was on SCD, she made like a coconut flour cake for my birthday. And it was just, it was so dense and it was not good. So for someone who has been on for a long time, if they haven't gone back to try and bake things, you feel like there's a lot more options. There's a lot better recipes out there and they should try it again. Yes, absolutely. Because right right now with my bread that I make, I mean, now I have a sandwich for lunch, you know, a couple of times a week, which is such a normal, easy meal, Mm -hmm. but was something that before I didn't have access to. Yeah, that's great. What snacks do you like to pack for yourself? I really like like apples and peanut butter, one of my go-tos. I've also started recently doing, this is funny, but they're kind of chip adjacent. Like I hadn't had a chip in so long. And I was like, I just want something crunchy. Mm-hmm. I hear and that from patients. Crunchy is something that's missing in, in their life a lot of times. It's hard to find. So the epic pork rinds, and I was like, pork rinds. And so I have recently started having some of those. That's um, a great just, crunchy snack. It's great. Yeah. Like the sea salt ones are actually really good and they're very minimal ingredients. So something I feel good about. I would say carrots and guacamole is also a go-to snack for me. Just a good, you know, got your fiber, got your fat, mm-hmm. keeps me full. What I've about any like store-bought, like the Lara bars? I would say typically like the Lara bars, like you were saying, are a good one. Or any like, they have a lot of like off brands, like Trader Joe's has their own now. Aldi has a brand. That they're basically like knockoff Lara bars, but they're just dates and fruit. Do they say um, compared to Lara bars on the boxes? They do. Okay, that's good. That makes it um, easy to identify. Yes, yeah. some of them do. Also, the ingredients are identical. So if you're familiar with the ingredients that work for you, um, then just checking the ingredients is a good way to do it too. I know it's not quite as efficient, but 
Yeah. That's usually my go-to is just I read the labels on everything. What's been the most difficult part of maintaining the SCD? I would say college was definitely the most difficult. And even now, I mean, I'm, you know, three or four years out of college now, three years out of college. And it's still a lot of the environment is like, oh, let's go to dinner. Let's get breakfast. Let's do this. Let's do that. And I always kind of have to be the one to say like, hey, I can't eat anything there. Like, could we pivot to this place? Or, you know, could we go for a walk instead of doing breakfast? Like coming up with creative activities to do with friends. And it took me a long time to have the confidence to do that, especially as a teenager. Like you just want to be normal and do the things that everybody else is doing. And in college, you know, you want to go out with your friends and you turn 21 and you want to do all the things. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that's just not what works best. Um, So just having the confidence and the wherewithal to say, hey, you know, this is what's going to be best for me. Have you traveled abroad? Um, on SCD? I have. Um, it was a little bit more challenging than I thought it was going to be because just with language barriers and just having to really be specific. And especially like sometimes I'll ask and they would just say, oh, it's good. It's fine. And I'm like, no, no, like I have to know. So just still advocating for yourself, same kind of thing. Uh, I always pack snacks when I fly, always. Like my whole, I'm sure the customs people are like, what is this girl doing? Because my whole carry on is like snacks. So that's that's really helpful. Uh Yeah. It's a great tip. Because even if you have, you know, some trouble finding restaurants and things that work for you, at least you've got your snacks that you know you can fall back on. That's great. What what do you think would be the best way to support someone on SCD from like a personal perspective and also from a professional perspective and maybe those are the same answer but if you have two different answers for those that would be great I think from a personal perspective really just leaning into what their needs are and instead of you saying hey we're going to dinner here we're going to this restaurant we're doing this thing maybe just asking hey do you want to grab dinner I know that you have needs that need to be met what works best for you instead of saying this is where we're going and then the person has to tell you like hey that's not going to work for me mm-hmm. so I would definitely say just kind of allowing them to make decisions and especially in social settings I feel like that's really helpful also just asking like hey what are your needs how can I best support you I think that people don't tend to ask that as much as they could they just kind of assume that they know they're doing the right things And then from a professional perspective, I think just offering resources is really the most supportive thing you can do. Just because when I first started, like I didn't know anyone else on SCD. I didn't even know anyone else who had Crohn's. And so having the resources, having the online recipes, communities to say, okay, I have a community and there are people like me is really, really helpful. Did you find your community... Through social media platforms? I believe there are some SCD groups that are out there now. There are. I will say I was kind of at the beginning of the social media side of sure, things when I yeah. first started. So that was a little bit more of a challenge. I think my mom was all over like the mom Facebook group, sure. which, you know, pros and cons to those in terms of reliable Just information. Like anything. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. But Having that community, I think, was really helpful for her. And then through that, she actually connected me with people in person, which I found was really, really helpful. 
So people in the Atlanta area, typically they were older than I was, but just seeing like, no, your life can be normal. Like your diet is different maybe than your friends, but you're going to get married. You're going to do all of the things that you want to do. I think that was really, really helpful for me. That's great. Right. As we are kind of wrapping up this bonus episode and we're so um, thankful to you to share your personal experience with SCD. Do you have any kind of last comments you would like to make your thoughts on SCD or to dietitians or other providers for any advice on you know, suggesting SCD or, or a patient that's following SCD and how they can help them through their journey? Absolutely. I think I really wish that it was offered as an option up front. Because I think there's still a lot. So the sooner the better. Like this. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I think there's still a lot of patients that I see that come to me and they're like, no provider has mentioned to us that diet was even an option. Like we had to ask to see the dietitian. We had to do the research. We had to find this on our own. So I just, and obviously for some patients, diet is not going to work or they need the diet in conjunction with a medication. There's absolutely a time and place for medication. Don't get me wrong. but. I just wish that people were given this as a resource. I think that's so important just to hear from a provider that it is an option and you're you're not crazy for looking for something else. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we touched on, you know, with the interview with Kim that just presenting the information, it may not be indicated when you're meeting with the patient, but it's good right. for them to have that knowledge for future, yeah. you know, if it needed to be ad- added on as an adjunct therapy or Absolutely. Um, For whatever reason, because the bottom line is there's information, the internet, (laughs) the parents are resourceful, and it's better to be presented from a professional than from parents finding out on their own. Absolutely. And And it could be quick, right? So in a provider meeting, from it could be, I'm glad things are going well. Just so you know, if you're ever in a spot where you do want to change your diet, we have some resources. There's some good literature out there. You could talk to a dietitian about more information on that. And we meet nationwide with the majority of our IBD patients once a year as part Mm -hmm. of kind of a multidisciplinary clinic. And we try our best. I mean, sometimes there's other things that take priority, but in in a general sense, it's our goal to say if they're not doing nutrition as treatment or to say, and just as a reminder, nutrition can be part of your treatment in in these certain scenarios if they're not on it right now, or if, you know, things in your life change and you want it to be a higher priority, like we're here and here's some basic information, just let us know. You know, if you want more information, here's some resources. Absolutely. I think that's so huge. And I mean, for me, like I'm both inpatient and outpatient. Sometimes the kids that I'm seeing in the hospital, they're just not in a place where they're ready to Oh, make there's the other change. things you got to work on, right? Yeah. Exactly. And diagnosis, I think for me, obviously, I started SCD a little bit after diagnosis. And so just sometimes it can be overwhelming to be like, okay, I have this new thing and now I'm completely overhauling my life in my you know lifestyle and diet it can be a lot so just saying you know just in case you want it here's some resources and i'm always here if you have questions i think is so helpful yeah i love that yeah that's great well thank you so much for sharing your journey and being so so open (laughs) with everyone i think it's good to hear personal stories especially from someone that not just has personal experience, but also has that professional background as well. So, yeah. and specializes Absolutely. in that area. I mean, it's just amazing yeah. to have you. Yeah, it's great. 
Yeah. Thank, thank you. Great resource for families. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Well, so. I'm always happy to talk to people. I think it's seeing someone is really the best because you can, you can relate. So yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Thank you, Natalie. Absolutely. Of course. Thank you all so much for having me. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That was such an insightful bonus episode. It was great to hear a little of Natalie's journey with SCD. Yeah. I totally agree. It's really nice to hear from someone who can speak not only professionally, but personally on a nutrition topic. Absolutely. I think that gives us a lot of insight and helps us to be better dietitians and other healthcare providers as well. So if you don't already, please consider following the show. We will announce upcoming episodes on the CPMP social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you are a CPMP member and have a topic idea, feel free to email us at cpmp at naspgan.org. The information discussed during these episodes are subject to change over time with new developments and advances in the field of medical nutrition therapy. Thanks everyone for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.